0: Uh, you know, if you're visiting with us and you're not, you're not a member of our church,
1: uh, we believe uh, very passionately in the Great Commission that Jesus has called all of us as Christians uh, to go out and help everyone, all nations, to become Christians as well. And so we're going to be studying a uh, about a three or four month course of uh, our two Friday congregational meetings on, on the idea of how do we really bring the scriptures to people? How do we really help them to understand... The gospel message. So, if you're visiting with us tonight, uh, we're going to be handing out some uh, some uh, packets. Uh, those are only for people who are committed to doing the whole course. If you're just checking us out tonight, you don't need to grab a packet. That's fine. It's okay. But if you want to be committed, the first two Fridays of every month for the next three or four months, feel free to visiting with us to take a packet. And I just want to clarify that because uh, we do want to always welcome uh, people. These doors are always open, and we don't want you to feel uh, like a foreigner or a stranger in any way. Uh, but do take a booklet. We'll uh, get those out here in a moment. If you want to participate uh, in this course. Um, and so we'll go ahead and hand those out at this time. I just want to preface that. Uh, and so everybody, a member of the church and everybody coming to the course should be able to take a booklet uh, at this time. Um, why are we doing this? Well, 1 Timothy 4 verse 16 says, watch your life in doctrine closely, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And you know, there's a lot on the line with what we believe about our life and what we believe about our doctrine. And it's not just our salvation, it's also the salvation of our friends and our neighbors and those to whom uh, we share our faith. And so as Christians, we must always be asking ourselves, how are we doing when it comes to sharing our faith? Um, and so disciple makers be a part of the Great Commission, that God wants all Christians to be a part of the Great Commission, not just the preachers and the teachers among us, but that all of us are called to be a part of the Great Commission. Uh, before we uh, uh, really jump into this, which really will be next Friday, uh, tonight will just be a little bit of, a, of an introduction, and really we're going to talk about our hearts um, when it comes to making disciples. Because uh, I don't want to—I don't want to get too far ahead of our, of our hearts by uh, just give you a bunch of knowledge, right? Um, uh, I do want to put you to a website, um, CommonwealthAcademy.ca, uh, is uh, Ed Anton, um, who's a teacher in the U.S. Uh, this is his course, actually, that he's developed. It's not something that I've, I've thought of. I'm not that smart, or spiritual. Um, he's, he, he's developed this course over time, and I, I, I've, I've learned it. I've been instructed in it. I've taught it in different churches. And really, it's really helped me, and it's really helped everyone I've ever taught this to, I think, to feel more equipped. Uh, to really make disciples, and so Ed has every course, every class, videos. Uh, he has the, the the PDF file of this booklet that you're getting tonight, with guard the gospel on it. Which guard the gospel is a study series developed to just proclaim the truths of the gospel. Disciple makers is taking that guard the gospel idea, which we'll run through as we go through this, and learning how to present it to people in the most effective way. So disciple maker is more it's more of a strategic. As we go through the guard the gospel. A lot of you have been around for a while. Who sat through like a study on Guard the Gospel or some other teaching series? Or so, you know, about half the room has been through something like this before. But even if you've done this 20 times, I promise you you'll learn some new things uh, through the Disciple Makers course. Um, but as I said tonight, I don't really want to get into a bunch of academic things because I think our hearts need to be much more prepared than our heads, you know, man. God gives us the brain, and we can certainly use it uh, if we just listen. Need to be when it comes to really making disciples. And so turn to the book of Zechariah. Uh, tonight we're going to give you a little bit old school going into the Old Testament. Uh, one, of the, one of the last prophets, actually, of the Old Testament was Zechariah. And we're going to be looking at Zechariah chapter 8. It's toward the very back of the Old Testament. As you're coming through there, uh, you should be able to find it quite easily toward the back of the Old Testament. But Zechariah, a little context um, the, the Jews were conquered by the Babylonians. Uh, in 586, uh, and, and, and they were taken out of Jerusalem, Jerusalem was taken over by the Babylonians. The Persians, then overthrew the Babylonians, Cyrus was very permissive, a Persian king of religions, so he allowed the Jews to start to return back to Jerusalem. So 50,000 Jews returned in 538, uh, about 50 years after they had all been sent out of Jerusalem. Uh, but then in 536, they started to rebuild the temple with great opposition uh, from those foreigners who had settled in the land. Eventually the opposition and and the fatigue got so great that the the rebuilding of the temple completely stopped in Jerusalem. The temple had been pretty much destroyed um, at this point. And so for about ten years, nothing happens. And then God calls a couple of prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, and he calls them to tell God's people to finish what they started. And so that is where the book of Zechariah comes into play in the history of God's people. And about four years after Zechariah and Haggai start preaching, the temple is completed. And then you'll get Nehemiah, who will finish the wall later on, uh, and and Ezra, uh, who will also reform them spiritually in many ways, uh, through those great books uh, named after those prophets. Um, And I think it's really a a really relevant uh, topic as we jump back into uh, disciple makers um, as a church. Um, Because you can only shape the future by dealing with the present. Right? You can only you move forward by, by, by dealing with what's, what's in front of us right now. And what you see in the book of Zechariah and the history of God's people in this period and many others is that we oftentimes start really well and we get really excited about something spiritually. Uh, but as time goes on, it's easy to lose our heart. It's easy to lose our zeal. And it's even, dare I say, easy to just stop doing it when it gets hard. And to make disciples of all nations to fulfill Matthew 28, 18-20 is a tall task. It's a task of a lifetime when it comes to being a disciple. Uh, and I just wonder where we're at. And so tonight i want to talk about Zechariah 8 and this theme of just reclaiming the mission. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're really going to be uh, about following Jesus, we've got to keep the mission, we've got to keep the mission dear to our hearts. If we, if we lose the mission of Jesus, if we lose the Great Commission... I believe we, we are losing Jesus, and if we lose Jesus, we're in, we're in deep, deep trouble. So this issue of disciple-making is an important issue for all of us to consider. Uh, so, so some questions to think about. How often do you share your faith? How often? Is it every day? Every possible chance you get? Man, nah, maybe once, twice a week when it kind of pops up and it's convenient and easy for me. I'll kind of slip it in there. Ah man, it's not even that much. Maybe maybe once twice a month, you know, when the when the appropriate time comes at work, and I feel like that guy I should have talked to a while back finally wants to ask me some questions, and I can slip it in there. Or, or is it even less frequent than that? You know, how many non Christians, non believers, have have you persisted the Bible with in the last six months? Think think back to about last since I got here. I've been here about six months since, since my wife and I and our family arrived here in Burnie have you studied the Bible? You know, just think about that. We're not going to take reports. Don't worry. I don't want to know the number, but I want you to think about that. When was the last time you personally helped someone become a Christian? You sat down with them. You shared the gospel. They made Jesus their Lord. They got baptized and came out of that water. A new creation. When was the last time you were able to help somebody do that? Has it, have you ever, ever, been able to help somebody do that? And this last one I think is the most challenging one. I think always when I ask this, if the burden church consisted of just you, could and wouldn't make disciples? That's the one I think is the most challenging for all of us. Because Jesus has called all of us to be a part of his great commission. And so we've got to make sure that, that, that we reclaim the mission in our church. And disciple-makers is a great tool, uh, but without the heart that, that, that God wants us to have... It really won't matter what we learn. So tonight from Zechariah chapter 8, I want to focus on reclaiming the mission. Let's read it here together if we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zechariah chapter 8. The prophet now, um, he gives us uh, instruction on when we go to the temple. This is the last one he gives and then, and then it shifts in chapter 9. But in chapter 8 it says, The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very zealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. This is what the Lord says in verse 3. I return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the Faithful City. And the mouth of the Lord Almighty will be called the Holy mountain. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem. Each of them with cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. Verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. God's got a lot to say, doesn't he? It may seem marvelous to the remnant of his people at that time, but will it seem marvelous to me, declares the Lord Almighty? This is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 7. I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. This is what the Lord Almighty says in verse 9. Now hear these words, let your hands be strong, so that the temple may be built. This is also what the prophet said. Who were present when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty. Before that time, there were no wages for people or hire for animals. No one could go about their business safely because of their enemies, since I had turned everyone against their neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past because of the Lord Almighty. Verse 12 The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Just as you, Judah, and Israel have been a curse among the nations, so I will save you, and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Just as I determined to bring disaster on you and show no pity when your ancestors angered me, says the Lord Almighty, so now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other, and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The fast of the 4th, 5th, 7th, and 10th months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say... Let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going, and many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat Him. This is what the Lord Almighty says lastly. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, Let us go with you, because we have heard that God is with you. It's a very powerful passage. The rest of the book gets into prophecy. It some beautiful prophecy about Christ uh, that we certainly don't have time to cover uh, tonight. But six things, uh, briefly, six things uh, really stand out to me here as the Jews are trying to reclaim their spiritual identity, as they're trying to rebuild and finish the work of the temple, that I think can inspire us to, to reclaim the mission if we've lost it. And to strengthen our hands and our hearts for the mission, if we are already engaged in it. Uh, and so, six ideas here from the text. Uh, the first is to have burning bellies. Burning bellies. I'm not talking about curry and Zechariah chapter 8, verse 1, it says, The Lord Almighty, He came to me. His Word came to me. And this is what He said. I was very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. You know, God here sounds like a jaded lover, right? Burning with jealousy for Jerusalem. The Hebrew word here, uh, also can translate it, rage. Uh, literally means red in the face. Red in the face. Now, you ever see somebody really, really fired up about somebody else or something that's happening to them or something that should be happening to them? I'll never forget when Ruby was, Ruby was about that. Uh, she's not in here yeah. Ruby was about uh, seven or eight, she was at, Grace was playing soccer and football. And uh, and Ruby was, was was off playing on a playground, and I, and I saw some boys, you know, kind of circling around Ruby. And uh, and, and I, I just thought it was kind of strange, but I didn't want to be an unprotected dad. And and, and 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 next thing I know, I kind of see her walk off, you know, a, away from them into this bush area, and then they again four or five they follow. Uh, and I just have a scripture uh, uh, of here, Matthew nine, uh, verse uh, thirty six. Uh, Jesus, um, it's another word very similar to zeal. Uh, and it's actually uh, uh, in the Greek, it's translated as compassion. And Matthew nine, verse thirty six, says when, when when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, like the word compassion uh, it, it means deeply moved, and it actually. It's, it's deeply moved in your bowels you know. It's this heartfelt This heartfelt heart again uh, and, and, and you see for God God for his people In Zechariah 8 verse 1 You see it for Jesus here for, for all people And of course that was the heart of God right? That's why he sent his son Into the world because he had this heart This compassion for all people And so are, are we moved Are we moved By God's love for us Does the cross still matter we're moved by that. Are we grateful for what God has done for us? And and the older I get as a Christian, the more I realize so much of me wanting to share my faith with those who are hurting and those who are lost is it, it, just being grateful for what I already have and realizing how blessed I am as a man just to know God. And then I, I'm compelled to want others uh, to to know Him too, because that, of course, you know, it's it's the heart of God. You know, is your is your heart still filled with compassion? You know, today I was running around doing errands and I was outside Aldi's and in a hurry. It's Framing, and there's this woman there selling uh, those magazines for $250. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and she, she's a WMT in a wheelchair out in the rain selling these magazines. I just thought, ah, you know, so i got going to go in here and buy something and get some changes. I, just, I can't give her the bills, but I can give her something, guys. I to do something, you know. And I, but I wish my heart was like that all the time when I'm out there Most people than it is sometimes when I'm out there. You know, we've got to keep getting that heart. If we're going to make disciples of all nations, we've got to keep going after that heart. We've got to confess our hard hearts sometimes, our laziness, our ingratitude, our indifference toward the lost. We've got to have those burning bellies. We've got to have those burning bellies. The second thing here is victorious visions. You know, verse 3 goes on. God says, I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the Faithful City, and the Mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the Holy Mountain. You know, I think when 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 God was envisioning what would happen when the temple was rebuilt for, for His people and how He would reside again amongst them, and I believe, you know, when we really claim the mission and reclaim the mission, uh, you know, the glory the glory days are today. The glory days are you know they're, they're yet to come. Come and and we're excited, we're anticipating what God is going to do next. We really have a mission at the center of our lives. We have a have victorious vision for every day. Every day is an opportunity to change the, you know, people's lives for an eternity. Every moment is an opportunity to transform someone's life who maybe you know, is down on their luck. We really get the mission. We, we, we get this victorious vision of every day and every opportunity and every moment that comes our way. We see obstacles as opportunities, we, we, we see people as, as souls. That can be saved. You know, if we reclaim the mission, you know, you know, God gives, you know, He says, Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, the Holy Mountain. You know, what what will God God call the burning church? If we really reclaim the mission and really and really see this this city saved for for Jesus and really proclaim the truth about him, will he call us the marvelous Midlanders? You know, the, the holy out and change this city for Him. And I'm encouraged. Since man and I have been here six months, we've seen seven souls baptized. That's encouraging to me. I hope that's encouraging to you. Um, You know, I I, believe God's stirring our hearts. He's he's stirring the water, you know, as He stirs our hearts, as we see more and more people uh, come to be saved. And I love what He says in verse 6. When He does this, He says, it may seem marvelous to the remnant at that time, but will it seem marvelous to me? You know, when God does those things, we we go yeah, you know, you, you, you're just getting a sneak peek of what I can do when you, when you have my vision in your life. Um, yeah, I don't have a scripture there. I apologize for that. Um, John chapter 4, not 13, uh, 34 to 35, Jesus is in Samaria where where the, the Jews had tension with the Samaritans, a lot of bad history. The Samaritans eventually created their own temple, taught false doctrine, when Jesus says right there in Samaritan's disciples, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. You know, we've got to have that kind of vision in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, in our schools, because uh, that is the vision of God. Victorious visions. Next, we have all ages. All ages. I love this picture in verses 4 to 5. You almost want to paint it. Once again, men and women, ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them was a the cane in hand because of their age. And while that's going on in the city street, we fill with boys and girls playing there. So you see this beautiful picture of the old and young. The old and young coming together. And how, and how beautiful it is when generations are connected. How beautiful it is when generations work together uh, to glorify God. You know, we've got to keep fighting for our unity between the generations in our church. Yeah. It can't be, well, you know, those old people are, powerful when we do. When the old and the young come together through Christ, it's it's such a powerful thing. You don't see it in the world. You don't see it. Not even within families oftentimes do you even see it. But amongst God's people, it can be so different. And so I think we all can learn from each other a whole lot more than we have. I, I think that, you know, the marriage can learn a whole lot more from the teens than we have. You know, I, I think the singles can learn a whole lot more from the students than they have. You know, I, I, I think I think the, the the teens can learn a whole lot more from the singles than they have, and that's that's the picture we got to have in God's church. That's the vision that we got to have. We can we can we're, we're always better together than we are apart. And that's something we got to work at. That's something we got to invest in, and that's something that we've got to go after. You know, I love Joel two. Uh, as Joel's quoted Joel two twenty eight Acts two seventeen. Um, Peter quotes that right. That was the, that was the, one of the first visions that Peter preached right uh, in the first sermon that was preached in Acts two. He quotes Joel two twenty eight. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. You know I think a redefined vision of revival in the church is is is, is the young people and the old people are as equally fired up. Amen. That, that to me is a redefined vision of revival in God's church. And I hope that in the Birmingham Church we can keep working on that and growing on that. And we can do some great things if through all ages we come together in this great vision to seek and save the lost. All ages. The next thing here is encouraging expectations. Encouraging expectations. You know, God goes on through the prophet Zechariah in verse 9. Now hear these words. Let your hands be strong so the temple may be built. This is also what the prophet said were present when the foundation was laid in the house of the Lord Almighty. Before that time there were no wages for the people or hire for animals. In other words, the, the work was tough. No one could go about sustained because of their enemies, since I had turned everyone against their enemy. But now I will deal with the word of people not as I did in the past. He says in verse 12, The seed is going to grow. The vine is going to yield its fruit. The ground will produce its Crops. I will give you all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. So I will save you. And you will be a blessing. So do not be afraid. but let your hands be strong. God says, stop looking at the past.
0: You know, look ahead.
1: Look ahead. Have, have, have expectations that I want to encourage you, and I want to help you, and I want to use you to do great things in my kingdom. You know, the work in Zechariah, the work in Calum for about ten years. A decade. A decade of, of faithlessness. A decade of discouragement. A decade of setbacks. And, and, you know, there's the law of inertia. An object at rest tends to stay at rest, and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And I think spiritually that oftentimes happens with the mission. You know, we see people getting baptized, and we all believe it could happen. It, you know, in my neighborhood, Group and when we don't see people getting baptized we start to lose that that expectation that, that that God can do that in our lives. And so we've got to get that we got to get that inertia going in the right direction. You know, that we're faithful, that we really believe God can, God can work. And this is where our family groups are so important. I appreciate people coming the two Friday nights we meet. It's very important and I want to encourage you to look around and think he's not here and encourage them to come. Speaking of encouraging expectations let's let's encourage everyone to be here. Uh, the two friends of the month we'll meet together. Um, but even in our family groups, it's so important that, that our family groups are united. They're, they're like the healthy cells of the body of Christ. If, if, if the cells of the body physically are not healthy, the body is not healthy. If our family groups are not strong in the Birmingham church, the Birmingham church is not healthy. And I really want us to have great expectations for our family groups. Let's have great expectations for our six Congregational meetings a month, two on Fridays, two, four on Sundays, but let's also have great expectations for our family groups. And I went to the, the Wheatley Castle, cell so you know, uh, about family group meeting Sunday morning, and I was so encouraged. There's expectations. We're, we're going to go change our neighborhoods. We're, we're going to go help people become Christians. We're, we're going to look out for each other. We're going to be a family. they had a great discussion about that, and they put some great plans in motion. And, and I hope every family group in that direction and we expect our family groups to be strong. They are strong. The church in many ways will be strong. But we need that encouragement because we get stuck. We get discouraged. We get faithless. We don't, we don't see the victories and that's where we just, just need to have more encouragement that we, that we can do it and it can happen. Uh, that, that, yeah, you might have gotten knocked back down but you can get it back up. You know, we need encouragement I think to have uh, expectations. We also need faith. We also just yes. have to need faith. I love I verse twelve. The seed might grow. No, it will grow. The vine, you know, maybe no, it will need its fruit. The, the ground, it will produce its crops. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. He didn't say it might be plentiful. He said it is plentiful. We just need to have more faith sometimes. I was in the cafeteria. Uh, cafeteria. I was in a cafe. Um, <laughs> A chair and so I'm, I'm gonna see that you know. And I get there and I right beside this guy and he's typing away in his, his, you know, his computer. And he looks around my age. looks looks like a, you know, hip professor or something, you know. And uh, so I'm thinking this is funny. Like he's he's working on his lesson plan, you know. And uh, I'm pulling out my Bible, you know. And I start pulling out and I, and I felt, you know, I felt good, but I felt a little bit like, what's he gonna think? You know, I just, to my shame, I thought about that. Like, what's he gonna think of he's pulling out a Bible here? You know. And, and I pull it out and he goes, Oh, is that a Bible? Said, well, yes, it is. And it turns out this guy had been a minister for 10 years and had just stepped out of full time ministry. And so we had this long, incredible talk, and now we're we'll becoming great friends. He actually works up on campus. Uh, he runs that little, that little bike trailer thing right there by Costa students at UOB. He actually runs that little bike repair trailer thing. A guy named Andy stopped by and said hello. And it just I sit down at that right time. And he me as God, He was like deep into his work when I sat down beside him. That, and, and that just encourages my faith. God is always working. He's always good. We, we just got to continue to be faithful. Uh, and lastly in verse 13, not be afraid. It says, do not be afraid. The opposite of faith is not always doubt. It's just fear. We're just afraid. We're, we're just afraid to go out there and proclaim the word of God. We're afraid to go out there and share our faith. We're afraid to take that stand at work. Uh, you know, with, with our friends, you know, we're afraid, we're afraid. We're, but what are we afraid of? Are we, are we afraid of people going to heaven? If you think about that, that, that's crazy. No, we should be excited about people going to heaven and afraid of people going to hell. And we should be motivated to get out there and share the good news as much as we possibly can. And so to me, you know, we got to raise the expectations. But we don't do that by badgering each other and, Abetting each other and discouraging each other by encouraging each other. Let's 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 head toward heaven and, let, and, and let's bring that message to as many as we can. Let, yeah, it hasn't gone well, but it doesn't mean tomorrow it's not going to change. Yeah, maybe you haven't you haven't have someone become a Christian ever. Maybe when I was asking those questions, but I, I've never have somebody become a Christian. But who's to say it's not going to happen in the next six months? If you expect God to work, oftentimes He indeed does in our lives.
0: And really it's about God's call. Expectations
1: in the church, it's about God's call. You know, not mine, not ours. It, it, it's God's call. It's God's call. His expectations are what matter, and they indeed are encouraging uh, when it comes to the mission. So, encouraging expectations. Two last thoughts here, uh, then we'll just go through a, few, a couple quick things. Daring deeds. You know, it's great to get fired up on you know, Friday night, yeah, let's do it. But you know, Monday morning's coming. Monday morning's coming. And, and what are you gonna do about that stuff that got you know stirred into uh your heart? Right? Saturday morning's coming for that matter, right? tomorrow morning, uh, even sooner, right? I love verse 15. God says, I've determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Don't be afraid. But then he says in verse 16, this is what you need to do. You know, God's got the expectations, he's got the plans, but he's waiting all the times. For his people, for his people to do what he wants them to do. And in verse sixteen, you know, uh, you see a few things here that he calls he calls his people to do. Uh, first of all, verse sixteen says you got got to speak the truth to each other. You know, we've been talking about discipling the last Friday, few Friday congregational meetings. This idea of helping each other uh, to be more like Christ. You know, are we talking to each other about our evangelism? Are we talking to each other? You know. Uh, about how we're doing with making disciples and how our, how our faith is with that. You know, our, our disciples' time should also be missionary. You know, how are we doing with that? And again, not belittle each other and battering each other, but, but inspiring each other. Sometimes we we need to be honest, it's not going well. And, and, and partner up and pair up with each other. A lot of times when I, when I go to UOB, I love pairing up with someone else and sharing my faith. I love to do it by myself, but there's something different when I pair up with somebody else and I go out there and share my faith. I mean, if Jesus sent them out, uh, two by two, um, and again, there was ten years of no work here in Zechariah. They had some issues. There are some challenges. There is there is some spiritual funkiness going on. Uh, there you know there there is some, some some ungodly rust that they need to get sorted out. And it's not no different if we haven't really been focused on the mission uh, as disciples. We got to get that stuff dealt with in our hearts, and we just need to speak the truth to each other. And we can get there. Uh, the second thing here in verse sixteen says, "Render true and sound judgment." Now I think we've got to to go out there and make stuff happen. We've got to have integrity as we go. No cutting corners, no humanistic motivation, no selfish ambition. We know we've we've caused great problems in the church in the past with that kind of stuff in our hearts as we go. Well, let's just go. You know, the the ends justifies the means. No, not a bad heart and a wicked wicked heart when it comes to making disciples. And it's really all about you rather than Jesus. You know, the, the mission is not about numbers but souls. It's not about goals, but God. It's not about men, but the man, Jesus Christ. And I really think it's so important that we, that we keep our hearts pure. And that's always going to be a battle. We all get proud. We all get selfishly ambitious as we go out there and, and try to make disciples. Some. And the last Derrick deed here that he talks about in verse 17. is it, it, probably the most obvious one and maybe the most challenging. He says, do not plot evil against each other and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this declares the Lord. To me, uh, what is he talking about there? He's talking about love. The opposite of hate. The opposite of hate is love. Everywhere I go and burn I see needy people. And amen, some people, they, they need food, they need shelter, uh, they, they need clothes, uh, but, but even more than that, they need love. They need love. You know, it wasn't Jesus' relatability or even his holiness. To me that really impacted the crowd It was his love It was his love, yes he was holy. Yes he was relatable, but it was his love His love That really shone through um, I love First Peter 2 verse 12 It says, live such good lives among the pagans That though they accuse you of doing wrong They may see your good deeds And glorify God on the day he Visits us You know a few of us, I think, about 10 of us got to serve At the, uh, the, the um, Birmingham City Missions uh, uh, Soup, soup kitchen, I'm not sure what they call it exactly, it's where they, they serve about 30 to 40 homeless people or, or people who are going through a lot of hardship um, every Tuesday and Wednesday night. We, we are volunteering there for the next few weeks, not this coming week as they're off, but then a the few weeks after that, And just seeing if it's a program we want to integrate our, our church into. Um, and hopefully, if, if it goes well, we'll be able to run our own night uh, with a few of the employees. And so we'll we'll get to reach out to these people, we'll get to share the gospel whenever we want to uh, with them, and hopefully hope they have a real impact but but I tell you what, you know, it's it's it, it's challenging to put yourself in that kind of environment if you haven't done that in a while. I sent out the guy, you know, he's he, he he seemed, you know, like he really wanted to talk to me. We were having this great conversation, and then and then it was all of a sudden like he just became a different person, and he got very angry at me and very hateful in his speech, and just walked out. And I was like, whoa, I am messing up on the first night. You know, it's how I felt inside. went to the guy that runs it, and he's like, oh, he, you know, he he has you know real mental. He oftentimes does that, you know. Even Tefini's known me. He's known me for years. Oh, it's okay. He just laughed it off. The guy who runs with shop. I was like, okay, amen. You know, but, then, but then he came back in the room, and I was like, oh man, okay. What do I do now? You know, but I, I try to get back in there? You know, and, I and I, and I and I sat back down with him and had some food. Didn't say anything. It just kind of looked at him like, is he, is he mad at me? You know. And then I ended up having a little bit of a conversation with him, and, and, and that was it. But Man, it was so challenging uh, to, to just go down there. and get out of my comfort zone and do this. Um, although I've done it many times in the past, it's been a while since I've been up around you know that many people who are homeless and going through tough stuff. But it was so good for my heart to just to just learn to love people. And, and, and so much of what they do there is they just try to love them and just talk to them and be their friends and just be a family to them. And, 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 and they do believe you got to promote the gospel as well. And I don't. It's not really. I don't know They don't promote a certain view on the gospel They just promote the general idea So I think it's something our church could, could, could We could easily present our view of the gospel As we have that Monday night So I hope it will work well For us <clears throat> doctrinally as well so far It seems like you know it's going to work for us To be able to do that on a Monday night on our own I don't know all the other people in that group teach But, but the thing that really challenged me on, I think it's going to teach me a lot about it As I go back down there again and again Is to really love people You know the, the, What does Jesus say The pagans love those who love them
2: does anybody can do that? Can, can we love people
1: who who aren't really lovable? I think it's always a litmus test to really seek and save the lost. We've got to keep growing in our love. We've got to keep growing in our, in our willingness to really love people through uh, the ups and the downs of their lives. Um, so Derek, the last thing here, delightful duty. You know, the whole the whole the whole thing is with with this verses eighteen to nineteen. This this idea of of fasts that are joyful. It seems like a contradiction. When you read that at, at, at first, at, at face value, you're like, you're not going to eat it all, and you're just going to be filled with joy, right? Uh, but, I, but I think what it reminds me of is that when you sacrifice for God, joy will come. And to be about the mission, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice for all of us to be more about the mission as a church, group, but we know, we know if we sacrifice for God the joy, it will come. And I love. It. Uh, Luke 10, as Jesus sends out 72, two by two, they come back. He sends them out in verse 1 and then in verse 17, it says that 72, return with joy. and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. You know, there is a great delight. There's a great delight. It's, it's not a duty, it's a delight to be about the mission that Christ has given us. Yes, it is going to take sacrifice. Yes, it's going to be a challenge, but, but, but delight... Delight is always in store. That, that's what motivated me to go into full-time ministry, honestly, was the delight of helping people become Christians. To me, that was just the most amazing experience, and still is. One of the, one of the most amazing experiences in life, to help someone who is lost and become saved. There, there are a few things that compare to in life. You know, and so I hope that as we go about this, we jump into the sock Makers, that, that, that it's not, okay, yeah, let's get out there, but that we really anticipate and understand that going that can be filled with joy? And people are going to be filled with joy because they're going to be receiving the salvation of their souls, you know, as we go out there. And so together, you know, as we jump into the South let's, let's let's seek to reclaim the mission fully and completely as a church and in our lives. Six things here that will help us, burning bellies, victorious visions, all ages, encouraging expectations, daring deeds, and delightful duties. You know, and my hope is that in 2017, through this course, through our time together and our growth together, God will, will say to us, uh, you know, and then ultimately people will say to us what they said uh, uh, in, in Zechariah's time. I love verse 23. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you. Because we have heard that God is with you. And you know, we've got to recapture, it reminds me that we've got to recapture God's story in our lives to really be about the mission. We've got to remember that God is really with us, and that God really loves us, and God really believes in us, and God really wants great things for us. And the more we, we, we work on that story in our lives, the more we're then excited about that story. And the more excited we are about that story, the more excited we are to share faith and tell others, because what is more exciting than That's what we're going after. That's what we're going after. And that's the picture that that. People, they see that. And it's attractive. But we've got to get that. We've got to get that. We've got to get that for ourselves. So I want to encourage you tonight to look at those six things and say, which one which one do I need to grow in? Don't get overwhelmed. That's too many. Six of them. But which one? Burning values, victorious visions, all ages, encouraging expectations, daring deeds, and delightful beauty. Which one do you feel like for you you really want to go after as you enter into disciple makers? So I want you to really think about that, and I really believe if we get this this, this fire in our hearts, and, you know, individually and collectively. God's going to do great things in our church. God's going to do incredible things uh, just, just do that commitment to Him and His mission. Uh, and so I hope that we are all entering the mission field here uh, and we venture into disciple makers uh, together. Uh, you can take out your uh, your packet now. Uh, this has nothing to do with that. Hopefully, you weren't confused uh, the entire time looking for the notes uh, that are not in that booklet that uh, we just went through. Uh, again, that was just for your heart, for the Word of God. Um, I just want to kind of go through um, how this is going to work, just real briefly, and then you have your booklet to go and study it out ahead of time a bit and really think through uh, what you want to get out of, of, of this time. Um, as I said, CommonwealthAcademy. Ed Anton masterfully goes through all these studies. Uh, I'm the um, the, the, the dumbed-down, cliff-note, you know, cut-and-paste version of what you can get with Ed's videos uh, online. I hope to get Ed here one day. He's an old friend and someone I really respect and admire a lot. Um, What we'll do, uh, though, is we'll have uh, eight classes, possibly a nine. I, I think we'll probably end it with a class on false doctrine sometimes we encounter those things, we don't know how to deal with them. Um, but the first class next week, the first two pages in your book that we'll go over, which is uh, talking about conversion and understanding how, how we oftentimes belittle and underestimate how God works when really reaching out to people. We can put so much pressure on ourselves uh, and, and we forget how powerful the Holy Spirit is in the Word of God. That's what converts people. It's not us. Uh, and, in fact, if we graduate graduated from the Southmaker's course now. That's going to make of Well, that, that's going to help. Uh, But really what I think it does for me as I learn and grow is it helps put me in a position to allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit uh, to work on someone's life. It just puts me in a better position to do that. It's really not about me. So we'll talk about that next week a bit. Um, The purposeful question wedge uh, will go through quite a bit because the whole idea of disciple makers, you'll see that on the second page, is that that upside down wedge. It's the purposeful question wedge. Uh, You go from from the interpretation to what when you look at a passage. Uh, to the uh, to the, the application, which is which is the how, um, and then you go to the last one, which is the, the contemplation, which is the why. And so as you go through a scripture, and you ask questions based on what, how, and why, you start to help someone to learn really the scriptures themselves and apply it to their own hearts without having to preach to them and tell them what they ought to to see and understand. So we'll go through the gospel we'll work on, a, on that in every section of the gospel. We'll do a few passages uh, just like that. So eventually you'll become really good at doing that. We'll probably do some role-playing uh, as well in small groups here, you know, as we dig into it further. Um, and so in the meantime, go through the packet. Um, uh, and I'd encourage you to watch some of the videos at comicacademy.ca. Um, and, uh, and if someone's not here tonight, I have lots of extra packets. Or if they're gone for the weekend, I should say. Because I will hand those out Sunday for those who are not here tonight. Uh, but if you know someone that's not going to be your Sunday, please go a packet for them. That's totally fine. Um, and, it, it, and basically we'll go through uh, the first class on conversion and purposeful questions. Then the next uh, Friday, which will not be till March, uh, we'll begin the actual Guard the Gospel Study Series, which is in your booklet. And you'll see in your booklet as you go through that, you'll have the Guard the Gospel Study Series on, on the left side, and on the right side, you'll have a pur- purposeful question worksheet. And so that will be a worksheet you can use in the class to bring the booklet to the class. As we go through that study, you'll be able to work on it. But you can even work on this now. You can go into the, the scriptures that are on there, and you can develop questions. You can develop the what, the how, the why questions. Um, and, and again, it's, it's not that you can't teach or preach to someone, but it's just learning how to how to do a better job of really getting the scriptures on people's hearts. And again, we'll we'll talk about more of that um, next week. Uh, for those who wish to graduate from the Southern Breakers course, there will be a graduation process. You don't have to. Uh, we're going to have quizzes. Um, uh, on a monthly basis, starting in April, and there'll be quizzes from the previous two sections, and you have to memorize the book, the chapter, and what it basically says on those main scriptures on each study. So that's just an additional thing, because we want to develop a scripture bank, because it's not like those, those you know, there's, there's what, six scriptures, you know, in the Seeking God, it's not like you have to use those six scriptures, that's just, those are just template scriptures, those are foundational scriptures you could use. There's a ton at the bottom. You might want to add a, a bunch of your own as you study at the Bible. You might want to, as you're having a quiet time, add scriptures to those different studies. And then we'll talk about before you enter a study how you should think through what study should I do with this person and what scriptures will be applicable to where this person is at. And again, that's going to take loving people and knowing where they're at, really meeting people, uh, you know, with the Word of God as we come into Bible study in, in a precise and loving way, which a lot of times in the past, I know I didn't really do. and I think I could have done a lot more good. I had I learned this a lot sooner uh, in my faith. And so I'm really excited uh, and hope you are too to learn this and to grow and to be challenged. Um, and again, like I said, if you want to graduate, uh, the, the goal is to take that quiz, to be a 10 question quiz, multiple choice, easy. And uh, if you get 70% or more on all the quizzes, I'll let you drop one or miss one. You graduate from the Disciple Makers course. And so I hope a lot of people will go after that. And in addition to just learning uh, the strategies of the Disciple Makers. Is also memorizing those Garth the Gospel uh, scriptures. Um, and so amen. That, that, that's the lesson for tonight. Any, any closing thoughts, comments uh, from the lesson? In Zechariah 8. Uh, any, uh, any overarching big theme questions perhaps. From Disciple Makers before we jump into it next Friday.
0: You're going through the, the scenarios of every day, every other day. Maybe what's not there, I think I'm a bit further down the line. So naturally, I feel like challenge. But then, when you think about, okay, this is to encourage us to actually, you know, have an emphasis on just really caring about people and, and changing and changing how we think. And also, even with the studies, it's just encouraging. I feel I feel make a decision to speak to people more. Well, I
1: Speak if I can't hear you, sorry. I don't understand how uh, the
0: option of group is like like pre-reading the cross and stuff like that. How does that fit into what we do on a Friday for
1: that particular cross? Yeah, yeah, well, um, if you want to read the scriptures ahead of time, think about them yourself before we go through them a bit. and, And I teach on that a bit for your own study, for your own understanding. I think that'll be helpful. Uh, you don't have to do that. Um, and then the quizzes um, are just memorization, just so you have it in your mind and in your heart. So when you're sharing your faith, you can you can pull up the scriptures, or you can find them quickly from your Bibles. Because when you know the book and the chapter, and what it basically says, you can kind of find it when you're sharing your faith with somebody. Or even, oftentimes in the study, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And then I think of the scripture, based on what they're sharing, and I go to that scripture. Because it's in my head and it's in my heart. Um, so yeah, so... It's just prepping as much as you want to prep. but You don't have to prep before you come. Um, but if you want to, if you want to graduate from the course, the quizzes are just an optional thing. If you want to dig deeper and work on memorizing the scriptures, so I think hopefully that covered what you were asking. Oh, uh, I'm
0: going
1: to Fridays. what are we going to do on Fridays? Well, we're going to go through. We're going to go through. Um, these different topics, and so we're going to look at those different studies, certainly in class two on seeking God, which is in your book in the Word of God, and we're going to go through purposeful questions uh, on a couple of those scriptures and teach you kind of how to do that, and that's really what the Makers is about, is going through purposeful questions and thinking through what should someone get out of this passage, what is, you know, what is the what, the how, and the why of this passage, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, i misunderstood. So and then the quizzes, <laughs> are not on the
2: the quizzes are just
1: on the the, uh, the scriptures in the box, not the additional scripture, scriptures. No, not that one of them. Um, they're just on the, the scriptures in the box. If you want to do the quizzes, you don't have to. That's an optional. It's an optional thing. I'll explain more next time. Anything else? Well, hopefully, we're challenged by the call, you know, as always, uh, with Jesus to make disciples. But hopefully, we're also emboldened and encouraged uh, that that He's with us. He's with us, and he can do it. Uh, through him. Anyway, one more we start?
0: I was inspired by a uh, way of focusing on being the story of God. I found uh, it helpful and uh, directed that, you know, we girls were thinking about our pride or, or our image. You know, like I'm going to go out there and say so, but we made it quite difficult that we all feel like and I we live on a fire, I can feel like Really? So do it for God God and Remind so
1: yourself Jesus is truly amazing mm. Amen. Yeah, and that's really what I hope tonight we can really accomplish is just be inspired. It's just to be inspired to love Jesus more, like, to share share his, his gospel uh, with, with as many as possible. And, and I do believe we have that heart of God's going to do great things uh, together uh, in two thousand seventeen. Amen. That's that's what the parents let's get our kids from Kids' Kingdom let's have some great fellowship.